Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. by talking a little bit about social media and I'll weave it all in together in just a moment. But I'm old enough to remember when Facebook was a social media platform just for college students. Anyone else old enough to remember that? It's like if you did not have a college email, you couldn't get on Facebook. I remember at the time that that was happening, my brother-in-law was living with me. This is way back to when my wife and I, we had our first, uh, our first townhome in Chula Vista, and, and my brother-in-law, Abel, came to live with us for a little while. He was a student at Point Loma Nazarene University, and I remember he logs into Facebook, and I'm not a student, right? I'm already graduated, and I'm like looking over shoulders, like, what is that? It's weird to think about it, you know, because like, everyone's got access to Facebook. Facebook now has billions of people on it, and yet back then, there was exclusive exclusivity to Facebook, and I remember looking over my my brother-in-law's shoulders looking at Facebook I'm like wow look at that I can't they don't let me in I'm I'm just too old and dusty like you know like and I was like 29 you know like I'm just like they don't even let me in because I don't have a college email address and I remember when it first came out um, part of what made the the lore of Facebook was again it was just such a small crowd you had to have a college email address in order to open up account how y'all remember that or am I the only one up here feeling old this morning (laughs) <laughs> and, it, which, and it felt so exclusive. And, and you know what? It felt like such an upgrade to MySpace. <laughs> Y'all remember MySpace? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Remember Tom from MySpace? How many of y'all miss Tom? How many of y'all praying for Tom? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> 
so 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 Facebook, you know, it, it had this exclusiveness to it, and then then Instagram comes around, and it's like open access. Do you guys remember when Instagram first came around, and what made Instagram different than Facebook? And this is kind of weird. I have a point to all of this: is that Facebook? I mean, you could there's a cap on your followers, and after that, like you can't have any more followers. You, there's a page, and you can like a page, but you can't actually be friends with everybody. How's that for a concept? You can't be everyone's friend. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, but but I mean, like Instagram, I mean, you can see what LeBron James is having for lunch because of Instagram. Like, like you can see people. It felt like all of a sudden Instagram gave you access to people you otherwise wouldn't have access to. All of a sudden, it's like I can be this. There's, there's no cap on friends. They can have one million followers, and they get that blue check mark verified thing. You know, it's like, like, and so it changed the game because now you've got all this access that the previous mode of social media did not give you access to. And 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 this was a really cool thing because every now and then you might even interact with someone, and they'd interact with you. I, I remember uh, this was just recently. There was this preacher that. I love to follow. His name is Dr. Darius Daniels, just a phenomenal preacher. And I listened to his messages, and I knew that he was a 49er fan. And I'm a, I'm a big sports fan, and I'm a big smack talker, if you didn't know that. <laughs> so, so I remember just like when they, they drafted, I can't even remember who it was, uh, when the 49ers drafted someone, I messaged him, just, you know, whatever, Dr. Darius Daniels, pastor's a huge church, growing, thriving ministry, and I, and I sent him this message, and I'm like, man, how do you feel about this? Thinking, like, there's no way he's actually going to respond, and he responds, and it's one of my favorite preachers that I love to listen to, and now we're interacting on, on Instagram, because I slid into his DMs, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I've got access to him, and it was probably, he probably only responded because I didn't talk about church and theology, you know? Like, I'm over here, like, talking sports. And I don't know if you remember, but last year, like, uh, the, the 49ers, like, everyone on their team was getting injured. And so they read, someone, you know, put together this meme where it was the 49ers logo, but it was showed a handicap thing because everybody was injured. And I remember, like, I even, like, you know, I'm, again, I'm a smack talker, too. So, like, I sent it to him all, hey, Dr. Daniels, your team's all injured. And he's like, that's messed up, Josh. But it was just that access that felt really, really cool. Because, again, I mean, otherwise, I just really didn't have access. He pastors all the way in, in, uh, in, in Maryland. And so it's not like we're going to run into him at the coffee shop. So we just got this access, which, which again, Instagram gave you that sort of access. And it felt really, really cool. And then beyond that, then you start seeing, you know, Snapchat and TikTok. And, and, and you just seen, like, the, all these different platforms. And I will say this. I will say this as a pastor now of like of 20 plus years, Snapchat is the devil. All right, I'm just gonna put that out there. Right? Like nothing good happens on Snapchat. Like like every church drama that's ever happened to the church seems to have had its genesis on Snapchat. <laughs> just for what it's worth, I'm just putting that out there. How many times I've had to talk to someone, I'm like, well, where'd you hear about that? I'm like, you put it on Snapchat. <laughs> well, I didn't think anyone was gonna see it. What, really? For real? <laughs> so anyway, that's not my sermon. But, but, but why, why, why I say all of that is because all of these different platforms have created what's called influencers. How many of you guys familiar with that term, influencers? And it's just people that are creating content and people are subscribing to their content and therefore they are being influenced by their content. And I, I, I mean, I get blown away by this, but you start talking to kids today and, and you know, I got my 11 year old son in the back and, and like a, a real vocation for them is to be a YouTuber. That's got real vocation. And some of the people in the room are like, really? Uh, yeah, really. Because I mean, there's this little boy named Ryan who reviews toys on YouTube. I looked him up. His net worth is $32 million now. Yeah. Holy cow. They pay him to play with toys. And put it on YouTube. $32 million. I mean, the, the, the real MVP is his dad. Because, I mean, it's not like Ryan is actually editing the videos. It's his dad that edits the videos. And he literally shows up, plays with toys. You know what I'm saying? His dad's recording it all. Puts it on YouTube with some sound effects. And this kid is $32 million richer. Somebody say influence. All because of his influence. Now, I say all that because I really want to focus in on these two things. What is influencing you and how are you influencing others? What is influencing you 
And how are you influencing others? Let me come back to that, but let me just tee this up for a second. We're, we're, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus in this time of season. How many just love December? How many just love the Christmas season? I just love it, love it, love, love, love it. I'm all in on it. Although I'm not decorating my house outside this year, okay? I've, I've said it loud. I've said it proud. For those of you that didn't, don't know, uh, my, my family, we moved into North County just four weeks ago. We are official North County Inns. Is that, is that what we are, Pastor Are we North Countyans? I don't know what it is, but, uh, but we're here. We're here. But, man, moving is hard. And when you've got three kids, it's harder. You know, I was just thinking, like, it was never this hard. It was like, but you were never this big of a family. I mean, it's just like you've never done this before. And so it's, it's been a challenge and in, a good, in a good way, in a good way. But, like, there's only so much time in my day. And so my, my kids are like, hey, are you going to string up lights? I'm on, not this year, buddy. I got the tree up. I mean, that's winning right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I still haven't even unpacked my office. And you want me to get on the roof and hang lights? Not this year. 2022 is going to be our year. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we go big. We go extra. And then I got like a little, I got a little shamed because like we live in an HOA community. And when I went to go get my mail, they put the sign up that they're having this competition for the best decorated house on the block. <laughs> the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. And I thought, like, I'm kind of a competitive guy, so I thought, well, maybe. But then what I did the other day was my son Jackson, he was, like, wanting to get out. He got, got a little anxious. Jackson is my, my little six-year-old kiddo. And then so we, we go out to – he's five, about to be six. Uh, we go out to go see the lights. And then I saw some of these houses and just how extra they went. I said, nope, not today, not this year. Like, nah. Like, I don't play just to play. I play to win, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, but I saw some of these houses, and I'm like, they've been doing this for years. Like, they got inventory on inventory. Like, I'm not going to try to compete with these guys. I'll just sit here and enjoy, and I'll cast my vote, you know what I'm saying? But, like, anyway, um, I love Christmas season. I love everything that it brings, and um, I really, really, really love the opportunity that it gives us to recenter our lives on the birth of Christ and the significance that it brings, because I don't think we do enough of that. A lot of times... Um, we go through life and, and, and um, we forget about all that his birth really means to us, what it does for us, and really how it completely shaped the history of humanity. I mean, the, 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 the nomenclature of time, B.C. and A.D. is marked by what? His birth. The birth of Christ marks time and how it is measured in the transition of time to from before the time of Christ to, to after the time of Christ. It is singularly marked by his verse. And so I love how we get to come back to this passage of scripture. And we did this last year. Do you guys remember last year in, in 2020, there's a word that we picked out that becomes our theme for the year. And the word that we picked out for 2021 was the word increase and it was actually based off of this scripture Isaiah 9 6 when it talks about that he would come and, and bring increase his birth would come and offer in increase I went into the Hebrew of that word increase and I'm not going to do all of that but it was such a prophetic declaration for Lighthouse because we declared that 2021 would be the year of increase when we were a homeless church we didn't even have a building and I said, 2021 is going to be a year of increase. As I said in our heart and soul night, we were like couch surfing churches. We were borrowing all these different churches to hold our events. You guys remember that? Like we would borrow this church and we'd go here and we would use this parking lot. And we were just this homeless church just trying to just scrap it all together. We were scrappy and, 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 and there was a lot of ingenuity in that time together. We were recording services in a warehouse, recording services in a co-work. Anywhere they'd let us, we'd get set up a camera and start worshiping and record services. And, and, but we believed that 2021 would be the year of increase. And how many of you can agree with me that this has been a year of increase? How many of you can agree with me that God has blessed Lighthouse Church? I mean, in 2021, I wrote some things down. We saw an increase in that we served more than we've ever served before thousands of volunteer hours serving our city. We saw an increase in our weekend attendance. We saw an increase in baptisms. We saw an increase in the amount of families that joined our church. We saw an increase in our finances. We saw God increase our resources. Come on, somebody. How am I excited for the increase? that God brought to our year. Now, I say all that because when we read this passage of scripture and as it talks about increase, it's talking about the nature of God. Somebody say the nature of God. We read in Isaiah that it's in his nature to increase everything that he touches. 
Everything that God touches, there is an increase that happens. So when we picked our word for the year, we picked that word because I felt like that would be the way that we could 100% and fully align ourselves with God. How many know that aligning with God is a good thing to align with? How many know that aligning with the kingdom of God is a good thing to align with? How many know that aligning with the word of God is an incredible thing to align with? And so the first thing, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. Alignment determines your direction. Alignment determines your direction. Let me speak on this for a second. This world is moving in a lot of different directions really fast. I don't know if you knew that, but, but this world is moving and it's pulling you and you are being tugged in a lot of different directions really, really fast. And so your direction can be moved by the political party that you're registered with. Your direction can be moved by how you vote. Your direction can be moved by your education and where you go to college and what your educational experience is like. Your direction can be moved by your life experience, your childhood, how you grow up, the stuff that happened, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? The, 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 I heard this term. It says daddy, mama, um, drama, and trauma. Daddy, mama, drama, and trauma. We go through life and our daddy, our mama, our drama, and our trauma, they shape us. And so you are moved by your experience, but your direction can also be moved by your influences. Somebody say influences. You're moved by the things that have influence in your life. The things that you are allowing to influence you are going to 100% move you in a direction. You are going to be moved and the direction of what influences you most. This is why we want to talk about what are the things that are influencing you? What are the things that are influencing you? I was thinking about this as I was putting my sermon together, and I thought, I don't know why I thought about this, but this was just something that, that, that I look back on, and I, I think about media and influence, and it's not just social. It, it's, it's all forms of media. You're, you're moved by it. But how do you remember when the shoe company Skechers put out the, the Skechers shape-up shoe? You guys remember that shoe? That shoe promised that if you walked around with that shoe, it would firm up your backside. You know what I'm talking about, church? And then they got a model to walk, to, to walk in these shoes to show you that, like, if you wear these shoes, you're going to have a nice backside, just like this model. Did you, did you guys follow that out to see how that all fell apart? Because somebody sued the company and won a lot of money for false advertising. Like, they literally thought that I don't have to diet, I don't have to exercise, all I have to do is walk these shoes and I can look like her. Marketing, right? And it's kind of funny, but I don't, I'm not even going to ask. I won't ask. But I bet if I did ask how many of you ladies bought those shoes with the expectation, right, there'd be hands going up. I won't. <laughs> Someone right now is like, don't make me have to confess my faults in the church right now. But, but, but it was, somebody say direction. You were moved in the direction of doing something that, like now we laugh about it, right? We think it's silly. They sold millions of pairs of shoes. We, yeah, and in hindsight, we're like, come on, everybody knows a shoe's not going to change everything. But you bought the shoes and you had that expectation. <laughs> And you moved according to the thing that influenced you. So, so going back, this world is moving. It, it was moving before you got here. It's going to keep moving long after you're gone. And your decision is to determine what you are going to align with. That's your decision. You have a decision to make. What are you going to allow to influence you? Because whatever is influencing you is you making a decision that, that you are going to align with that thing. So what we did at Lighthouse is we made the decision that we were going to align with the word of God. We said, if he's a God of increase, we are going to align ourselves with that. And we said 2021 is going to be the year of increase. And that's exactly what God did. We began to see increase in all different areas of Lighthouse Church, but we made the very conscious decision to latch our train onto that word. We, we, we latched our train onto that word and say, we want to align with the word of God. And here in Isaiah 9, 6, it talks about how you can, you, that how he is a God of increase. And so we're believing for 2021 to be a year of increase. And, and, and so I ask you, Lighthousers, what is it that you're aligning with? Because when you make the decision to align with the word of God, here's the powerful thing. Here's the powerful thing. The word of God has always been here and it's always going to be here. 
I mean, it literally says in the Bible that kings and kingdoms are going to pass away, but the word of the Lord will remain the same. It's always going to be here. You guys know that kings and kingdoms have come and gone, right? You guys know that kings and queens have come and have gone. Let me get a little personal. You guys know that there used to be more political parties than just Republican and Democrat, right? Where are they? Gone. But do you want to know what's still here? The word of God. The word of God has outlived all of that. The word of God has outlived nations and rulers and kingdoms. And so if you're going to latch yourself onto anything, I'm, I'm proposing to you today, Lighthouse Church, that you latch on and you align yourself with God's word. Because here's the deal. You can either align with the finite or you can get aligned with the infinite. And that's, if you're taking notes, write that down. You got to make a decision. Am I going to align with the finite? Kings, kingdoms, uh, all these things are going to pass away. Or will I align with the infinite? Because God offers us eternity. And yet too many people would rather align with the temporary. Are you tracking with me, Lighthouse Church? There's a lot of things that you can align. Do you want to align yourself with what that influencer is saying? Or do you want to align yourself with God's word? A lot of people would rather align themselves with something that's going to go away than what's going to be here long after we're gone. And, and, and so this holiday season, I really do believe it gives us the opportunity to one more time say, where, where are my priorities? Let me, let me check my heart. Let me check my decisions. Let me check my life. And am I aligned with God's word or have I latched my train onto something that's going to pass away? It's just a fad. It's here one day. It's going to be gone the next. Just like the Macarena. Y'all remember that? As God, as we read in the word of God about increase, I want to add on to that passage of scripture because it talks about of his increase, there will be no end, but it tacks onto that. And if you look at the phrasing of it, it says, and also the throne of David and of his kingdom. Somebody say the throne of David. This is a little illustration that I want to pick on right here. This is a little illustration that I want to pick on because it talks about the throne of David. It's kind of thrown in there. And you might be wondering why the throne of David is mentioned with Jesus because even David is gone, right? David is a king who came in and went, but, but what is it? Why, why is the scriptures talking about the throne of David? Well, you got to remember that the throne of David gives us this little sliver of history that sets big principle and big precedence for you to live by. So David is the king that God selected to lead Israel. Prior to that, Israel was led by God. Somebody say led by God. Okay, so Israel was led by God. God would speak to the prophet or God would speak to Moses, whoever was leading. He would speak to the man of God. The man of God would tell Israel, this is what we're going to do. Israel, though, here's what happened. They saw that every other nation in this world was led by a king. So they took their eyes off of the infinite and looked at the finite and said, well, we want a king. They were being influenced by what? The world influenced by everyone else. So they come to the prophet Samuel and they say, Samuel, we want to be led by a king, finite thinking. We want to be led by a king just like every other nation. And, and Samuel hears from God and God's like, well, time out. I'm your king. Yeah, but we can't see you. That sounds kind of funny, right? But this is literally what's going on. But we can't see you. We want a king that like we can touch and hug and someone we can look at and we can't look at you, God. You're just uh, in the heavens and, and, and you speak through your prophet. We want a king. And so God's like, fine, I'll let you have a king. Go ahead and pick a king. And who do they pick? Saul. Why? Because on the outside, he looked like a king. On the exterior and on the finite, somebody say finite. Y'all know all of this is finite, right? Yeah, y'all know what you're wearing is finite, right? And you can put all the eye cream you want but it's finite. <laughs> the abs, I mean, they're here one day, gone the next. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, that's fine. But, but they were focused on what? The finite. They were like, Wait, Saul's taller than everyone else. He's built and, and he looked like the rock. You know, it's like, we want him to be our king. He's like, let him be your king. And what happens? It's a flop. I mean, it's like a one-hit wonder. I mean, Saul shows up, and he's totally unprepared to do the job because they stopped looking at the infinite, and they started looking at the finite, and they made decisions based on the temporary rather than on the eternal. And, and, and so Saul absolutely flops, and here's what God does. God steps into their plans. Somebody say man's plans. 
He steps in the man's plans and say, look, I didn't want this to happen, but this is what you really wanted. And I gave you a free will, so I'm going to let you guys have your king. But because it's already broken, I mean, one king in and it's already broken, God redeems it. He brings it back to himself, but he says, I'm going to select a king for you. And who does he select? He selects David, who was a shepherd, and, and, and he selects David. And what's crazy about this is because he is a God of increase and whatever, whatever he does increases, whatever he touches increases, here's what we read about David. David is a shepherd in the field, but when God anoints him, now he is supernaturally able to fight giants, lead armies, and discern the will of God. Whatever God touches increases. That's the principle out of the word of God. David is just a shepherd until God gets a hold of him. God gets a hold of him. Now he's able to slay giants, lead armies, and discern the will of God. Don't tell me you don't need Jesus. I said, don't tell me you don't need God. If anything, I could use more of God. If anything, I could use a lot more of his presence. If anything, I want him to touch every area of my life so that I could see God bring an increase. How many want an increase in your marriage? How many want an increase in your family? How many want an increase in your relationships? How many want an increase in your finances? An increase in just everything that God would have you to do? An increase in your influence? Again, you are being influenced by something and you are influencing someone. And so God touches David and all of a sudden David is able to lead. But it comes back to this one thing. The reason God chose David is because we read that David had a heart after God's own heart. Meaning David was seeking the eternal. He was seeking the infinite. And because he had a heart for the infinite, because he had a heart for God's own heart, and not on the temporary, and not on the eternal, then God touched him and said, that's going to be my next king. Now, somebody say alignment. This, is, this doesn't mean that David was perfect, and I want you to get this. This doesn't mean that David was perfect. We see that David made some pretty bad mistakes after God anointed him and after he was king. But, but write this down. Your alignment makes you available to be used by God. Your alignment makes you available to be used by God. If you're not aligned with the things of God, you're not available to God. If you are not aligned with his word, you're not available to God. God looks for people who have his heart. God looks for people that he knows will give him their yes. We talked about this last week with Mary. All God needed was Mary's what? Yes. As long as she said yes, God's like, I'll take care of everything else. I will take care of all of the details. How many just love how God just handles that? How many of you, how many of you prefer not to handle the details? Not a single OCD person in the room is lifting their hands right there. Like, they're like, that's the one thing I don't like about God. <laughs> it's like, I wish he'd tell me the details. He's not going to. And so because he needs your faith and he needs your surrender and he needs your trust. But, but, but Mary said yes. I love this because it's not your works, not your personality, and not your good looks, but it's your alignment. That, that's what God wants, your alignment. He could care less how many followers you have. He could care less how much money you have in the bank account. He could care less what your last name is. He could care less what part of town you grow up in. All he is looking for is, say it with me, alignment. Because if you are aligned with God, he has your heart. And listen, whatever you're aligned with, if it has your heart, it has your time, it has your resources, and it has your attention. And here's the deal. I can tell some of you what you are aligned with, not by you telling me, but I just see your lifestyle. I can look at your bank account and I can tell you what you're aligned with. I could see your history of decisions and I'll note this is what you have aligned yourself with. That this is the thing that you have aligned with. And, and God looked at David, this shepherd out in the field, and he saw how, how he had a heart for God. And so what happens is all that, all of that, I give you all that history to say the reason God established his throne through David was because of that. So when Jesus is born, he's actually a descendant of King David. If Jesus took a 23 and me test, guess what he'd find out? <laughs> David is up there. King David. And, and, and so out of King David, not out of Saul, but out of King David, we have this lineage. And this is how now the word says that the, the kingdom would be established through the throne of David. But, but, when, but when you say throne of David, we're talking about principles here more than we're talking about a person. Are you with me? 
David was a person who was aligned that made him available. And God said, that's where my kingdom is going to go through. Now, let me jump to the New Testament and show you how all of this was playing out in Jesus's time, because I've been in Old Testament so far. When you jump into the New Testament now, in the New Testament, they were still looking for the birth of the Messiah because Isaiah the prophet, Jeremiah the prophet, Ezekiel the prophet, you begin to see all these prophecies in the Old Testament. This is long after David. David's died and he's resting and, and long afterwards, now you have all of these prophets that are prophesying about the coming Messiah. We've just read Isaiah. Last week we read Isaiah chapter 7. Today we're in Isaiah chapter 9, but you get all of these prophecies pointing towards the Messiah and they're eager and they're waiting for the Messiah to come. Now enters John the Baptist. John the Baptist is Jesus's cousin. He's Jesus's kind of weird cousin. And we've all got a weird cousin, right? We've all got a weird cousin. If you don't know who it is, it's probably you. You are the weird cousin. And so John the Baptist is this eclectic individual who starts to preach. He's the forerunner of Jesus. He's preparing the way of Jesus. And I love John. Like John's life could be summed up in this one statement. He was razor focused in his vision, in his mission. He would simply start preaching in the wilderness and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message. He'd get up and he'd say, open up your scrolls <laughs> to, the <laughs> to the book of Isaiah. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like that, 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 every single time he got up to preach, guess what he was preaching? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it really upset a lot of people. You know what I mean? But, but he's beginning to preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And remember, the birth of Jesus, with him comes now, the kingdom, because Isaiah prophesied that unto us a child is born. It talks about his government is increased. It talks about the throne of David and the kingdom. So if his birth signals the arrival of the kingdom, John the Baptist is preaching in the wilderness saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which sounds very current, unless you're Simeon. Let me break that down for you. John the Baptist is preaching this right about the time Jesus is 30 years old, meaning for 30 years, the kingdom of heaven was already here. Now he's saying it's coming, but it's already here. Simeon was the priest in the temple who dedicated Jesus, go back to the book of Luke, and Simeon, here's supernatural revelation from God. Simeon, you're gonna see the Messiah. And so on the eighth day, somebody say eight. That's why we dedicate babies in the church because in the New Testament, we don't see babies baptized. We see them dedicated in the church, presented in the church. We're consistent with that. We see that Mary and Joseph brought Jesus, eight-day-old baby Jesus, to the temple for the time of dedication. And the priest that's dedicating this baby Jesus is a priest named Simeon. And as he holds Jesus, it gets supernatural revelation. This is him. This is the Messiah. So John is saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, if Simeon was still alive, he's like, he's been here for 30 years. But, but that's the way revelation works. Somebody say revelation. Here's what revelation is. I love this definition. It's events or happenings used to shift your focus or attention to something that was previously unseen. What revelation is, is that there are things that you've been praying for that are already here. You just can't see it yet. Revelation does not mean creation. God doesn't create, put it in front of you and call that a revelation. Revelation means you can't see it, but it's here. So the thing you've been praying for is already here. You just can't see it yet. So God will allow things to happen in your life that'll shift your focus to all of a sudden see what's always been there. That's what I love about revelation. John's out there preaching about a person to come that's been here for 30 years. Revelation hasn't happened yet. John's ushering in prophetically revelation to the Jews because the Messiah has already been here. And if you were around at the time of the Passover, when Jesus was 12 years old, you would have got a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven because he was in the temple schooling the doctors, the lawyers, and the teachers of religious law of his day. That's also in the book of Luke. So, so Jesus has always been here. The kingdom of heaven had been here, but they just couldn't see it yet. The kingdom of heaven had been among them, but none of them could see it. So, so God raises up John to start saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus comes down to be baptized by his cousin John, and John's like, and there he is. 
That was like a mic drop moment. Do you remember that passage of scripture when Jesus shows up and John is like, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world like that. How cool would it have been to be there? Like he's been preaching. You know what the crazy thing is? If you were there, you'd say, oh, it's not a baby. It's a, it's a, it's a man. Like it's a full grown man. And, and the crazy thing is like, I think I know him. I went to high school with him. He's the son of the carpenter. That's the Messiah. And many times, like the things of God, you can miss it if you're not aligned with God. That's why I'm talking about your alignment today. People probably lived with Jesus, didn't even know he was Messiah because they just weren't aligned. Simeon was aligned. And guess what? He saw baby Jesus, like the one Ricky Bobby prayed to. You know what I'm saying? It's just like he, he saw baby Jesus. Sorry, that's carnal reference. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> and then at 12 years old, you get to see Jesus again as the Messiah. And, and, and then when Jesus attends the wedding with his, with his disciples and, and they're out of wine and, and Mary looks at Jesus and said they're out of wine. And Jesus kind of like claps back at his mom. It's like, what, what do I got to do with that? And she looks at the servant and says, you just do whatever he tells you. He was here. The kingdom of God was here. And it was moving. They just couldn't see it yet. And it's not until that moment of revelation that now they begin to see the kingdom of heaven is here. And I'm getting ready to come to a close now. Let me pull up the last passage of scripture, Luke chapter 17, verses 20 through 21. Because now that Jesus is here, remember, John the Baptist has already said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, baptize him. God speaks from heaven. Holy Spirit descends in the form of a dove. All of this is happening This should have been like clues, like this is it. It's here. We get to Luke chapter 17. We get this passage of scripture. I'm gonna read it to you. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed outside. Observed is finite, exterior. The kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is in your midst. The King James Version, it says, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. So thousands of years after David is selected and God speaks to the prophet Samuel about how God chooses, and here we are in Jesus' time, and he's still explaining to everyone the kingdom of God. Remember when God told Samuel, he said, man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart? This is thousands of years ago. If the Pharisees were actually reading their scrolls, They would have known that you look inside and it's the Pharisees. These are supposed to be like the scholars and they come to him and they ask him the question, where's the kingdom of God? Is it here? or Is it not here? And he begins to tell him, you can't see it. And and it's, it's this cycle of finite thinking. It's this cycle of of, of just, of just thinking that I, I have to be able to see it. And God's like, for thousands of years, I've been telling you, you can't see it, but it's within. I chose David because of what was on the inside of him. You guys are looking for the kingdom of God, and I'm telling you the kingdom of God is inside of you. What makes this an endless kingdom, or as I've called today's message, a kingdom without end, is that if you think about how God uses and operates and expands in the kingdom, the kingdom goes wherever you go. The kingdom goes wherever you go. This is why this kingdom is without end. This is why this kingdom can't be stopped. As a matter of fact, the only thing that stops the kingdom from being present wherever you are is if you don't allow the kingdom of God to flow through you. Now, that doesn't mean the kingdom of God is stopped. It isn't stopped. But it just means you're not available to God to be used to bring the kingdom of God into your home, into your marriage, into your family, where you work, where you go to school, on your son's sports team, on your daughter's club, whatever it is. God is saying, the kingdom goes where you go. My kingdom goes where you speak of my kingdom. My kingdom goes to the nooks and the crannies of life and the nooks and the crannies of community where you will take it. And and what I love about this is is this truth. And and it it just, it blows me away that, get get this, it's not in my notes, but, but get this deep in your spirit. God doesn't need us, but he chooses us. God doesn't need us. I know you want to be needed. But God doesn't need us. But he chooses us. Isn't that more of a love story? 
than having to need you? Nobody likes needy people, right? Am I like the first one? Like, man, you start blowing up my phone too much? That's the quickest way to get to my voicemail. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm here to help you, but don't get needy on me now. Don't get needy. <laughs> Is it just me? Okay, I'm going to pray today about that. I'm going to have a conversation <laughs> with Jesus. God doesn't need you, but he chooses you. When, 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 when it's a choice, it's love. When it's a choice, it's profound. That the fact that God would choose me, you don't need me, but he chooses me. He chooses to bring his kingdom here on this earth and to do it through you. He chooses to bring his kingdom here on this earth and he chooses to do it through me. It's his choice to, to move and to manifest here on earth. And he says, but I'm going to do it through you. It's going to be in the way you treat someone. It's going to be in the way you talk to somebody. It's going to be in the way that you show the love of God to those who are less fortunate than you. This is, this is why, I don't know, I've, I've thrown a lot of Bible at you today, but give me one more slice if you can. Remember that passage of scripture where Jesus, all of his disciples are lobbying for position and they ask him who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Like, does that even matter? He already said that he who wants to be the greatest must serve all. So the way to be great is just to serve. And, and then he does this illustration where, where there's a child running around nearby. He says, hey, bring me that kid over here. Kid comes over. He uses his kid as a prop. And he says, listen, unless you become a child like this, you can't enter to the kingdom of God. He's saying, you guys are talking about big. I want you to be small. What if the key to being big is just being small? To just be like this kid. And, and why that's so profound and why that speaks to me so much is, and all the parents in the room, you know what I'm talking about. The faith of a child is just untouched, right? When you got this innocent child, just that, that childlike wonder and that childlike faith, I'll, I'll never forget, um, you know, God will use your kids to speak to you. He'll also use them to put gray hairs on your head. So you got to just take the good with the bad. <laughs> Some of the parents, you got a little quiet on me. I get it. Your kids are in the tent. You don't want to admit to it. but Or you're like, nah, pastor, they didn't make my hair turn gray they made my hair fall off so I get that I get that <laughs> I see you God sees you too but my son Jude I'll never forget we were driving in I was getting them some Chick-fil-a and we're coming up into into the Chick-fil-a and there's a gentleman out there with a sign and he's asking for money and and I'm like not a cash guy like legit I'm just not. I just, you know, pay by phone, pay by debit card. Just don't carry around a lot of cash. Some, some of y'all old souls, you still carry around cash. It's like wadded up in your pocket, probably under your mattress at home too. That ain't me, right? Like, but, but like, so it's like a legit reason when, I'm, when I see someone like that, I just don't have cash. And so like this guy is out there holding out a sign and my son Jude says, dad, what does this sign say? Like he's asking for money, son. He's like, oh, we're going to give him any? I was like, baby, I don't have any money on me right now. Dad, you got to give him money. And, and I began to just give him the reasons why not to. And he kept countering with reasons why I needed to. That sucker made me go to the ATM and get some money for that guy. <laughs> and it was like God speaking to me. Unless you can be like this child, you don't get kingdom privilege. You don't get kingdom access. And I saw that through my son. He didn't care about the nuances of cash, the fact that it was in a bank and I have to go to an ATM to make all this happen. And I was like, do you want your Chick-fil-A or not? You know, it's like, it's a mobile order. It's waiting for us. I had to go show up, punch in my number, and we eat, and this man doesn't. But he's speaking to me kingdom talk. And so, Lighthouse, last week I talked to you about don't allow the craziness of the season to rob you of your peace. Don't let it rob you of your joy. Definitely do not let it rob you of your credit, okay? We're not going to get crazy this Christmas season, okay? We're not going to do that. We're going to stay focused on why we celebrate to begin with, and we're going to be present on what this moment means. But now, can I take it up a notch? Can I get you not just to be focused, but can I get you to also be used by God in this season? Can you be available to God to be used? Because that's what makes his kingdom infinite. It's there's all of us impacting our circles, impacting our coworkers, impacting our communities. We've said it earlier, 
But this Wednesday, 120 families are going to come on this parking lot, and we have an opportunity to serve them and to serve their children. If you are on the fence about whether or not to come, would you come so that you could be available to God? Like we at the church, like try to provide platforms for you to come and serve and to be a blessing. And, 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 and the, the, I heard through Mel, she's, she's our intern here at the church. She's incredible. She's doing a phenomenal job putting this event together. I, I, I wanted to do a check-in because like the first day we did this, like eight families signed up. And I'm like, ooh, how are we going to get to 120 families? And I talked to her two days ago and she's like, oh, like we're out. We're out and we're going to start a waiting list. I was like, praise God. Because, listen, 120 families, that's not 120 kids. That's 120 families. So the amount of kids we're going to bless on Wednesday, you get what I'm saying? Hundreds of kids are going to get blessed. So you have an incredible opportunity to show up next Wednesday. All I ask is that you wear your red surf shirt. If you don't have one, I'm going to put a 2X on you because that's all I got left. So <laughs> do what you need to do. Work it. But, um, you know, be here. Wear your surf shirt. And, 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 and join us in serving these families. Let's be available. The second thing, everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday, we have the opportunity to just reach a whole lot of families all over again. We're going to have incredible Christmas productions. There's going to be kids here, churros, snow, coffee. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot, guys. I'm paying the bills. It's a lot, okay? It's like, it's a lot. But, but I, I don't mind as long as I don't just see you. I want to see you, but I don't want to just see you. I'd love to see your coworker. I'd love to see your cousin, the crazy one. I'd love to see your friends. I'd love to see your family. At this time of year, people are so receptive to an invitation to come to church. But I've been asking them all year, ask again. You're wearing them out, okay? At some point, they're going to say yes just to shut you up, and that's okay too. Because once they're here, we're going to let God do what he does. And we're going to let the Holy Spirit do what he does. And we're just going to pray that God is going to touch somebody. We're going to pray for marriages to be restored. We're going to pray for homes to be restored. We're going to pray for God to redeem things all over again. We're going to pray for people to be reconciled. We're going to believe for people to be, uh, we're going to, we have this ministry of reconciliation. We're going all in on that lighthouse. So again, you have an incredible opportunity. For those of you who are like, I don't know what you want me to do, Pastor. I want to make a difference. I don't know how to show up on Wednesday and invite someone next Sunday. There's so many more ways in that, church. But if you're having a hard time trying to figure out what to do, let's start there. So again, I, I end with this. How available are you to God? Make sure you are aligned with the things that are going to positively influence you because whatever influences you is going to move you. So if you align with the right influences, it's going to move you in the right direction. Are you catching me, Light Out Church? Are you catching me, young people? Don't latch your train onto the wrong influence. Young and old in this place, do not latch your train onto the wrong influence. Whatever influences you, it's going to move you. And I'm trying to be moved closer like Jesus. Let's stand to our feet right now and let's just pray. As you stand, just throw those hands up towards heaven. Come on. As you, as you stand. And I want you to start telling God, I'm available to you. Could you do that? I, I make myself available to you, Father. I, I want for you to use me this Christmas. I, I want to be a part of your endless kingdom i want to play a role in what you are doing here on earth you're moving and god if you're moving for them and if you're moving for this church and if you're moving for that ministry god you can move through me you could use me you, you, you could put words in my mouth that would allow me to reach my coworker. You could put the words in my mouth that would allow me to reach my family. You could put the words in my mouth that would allow me to reach my friend. God, you could use me. I make myself available to you. And, and, and when I make myself available to you, you don't qualify me. You just want my yes. You don't judge me. You just want my yes. You don't look at my mistakes and bring them to the open light. The only thing you bring out in the open is your grace. You bring your mercy. You bring your love. And it's exactly what I need to cover every failure in my life. It's exactly what I need to cover every shortcoming in my life. It's exactly what I need to cover all of my faults, to redeem my mistakes, and to redeem my sin. Father, it's exactly what I need. So right now, I give you my yes. I give you my yes. I won't allow consumerism to have my yes. I won't allow the influence of others to rob me of my yes. 
I will not let the voices of negativity take my yes. I won't let the fear that's being driven by the media take my yes. God, you have my yes. You have my heart. I'm available to you and what you want to do. Your name we pray. Your name we pray. Hey, listen, I am going to make an altar call in just a minute, and we do this at the conclusion of our services for those that want to pray. And I wasn't joking. I mean, I kind of was, but I wasn't fully joking when I said this is kind of going to be the last time we get an opportunity to do this. But, but maybe you've been praying for a coworker, a family member, and before we go, you just want to bring them to God one more time and just say, God, I just pray that they would say yes and that they would be here next Sunday and that we would have such a great impact on our city and our community. So I'm going to bring them before you. I'm going to pray over them now. I'm just going to believe that you can touch them now. So in a minute, I'm going to bring you up to this altar. For those of you that want to pray, our pastors will meet you here. And whatever you need to pray for, we're here for it. But before I do that, if you've never said yes to Jesus and you want to say yes right now, to give you a chance to respond. Or maybe it's been a long time since you said yes and you've walked away and you've lived life, but he hasn't been at the center of it. If you would like to say yes again, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond. So we're gonna make those two calls. Would, can I get every head bowed and every eyes closed just for the privacy of those that are making this decision? So again, if you wanna say yes for the first time, or if you wanna say yes again, on the count of three, throw that hand up to heaven so that he sees you and God sees you. One, two, three. Throw that hand up right now if you're saying yes or if you are saying yes. Again, I see you. I see you. Thank you. I see you. I see you. Now, Lighthouse, can we all one more time lift our hands and we're going to pray. If you rose your hand right now, pray this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I say yes to you right now. I say yes to you again. Father, I accept you as Lord and I accept you as Savior. I invite you into my heart to make me new again. I turn from my sins. I repent of my old ways. I say yes to your plans and your purposes for my life. Would you come into my heart and be my king and be my Lord? Would you come into my heart and be my Lord once again? I receive your, rece I receive your forgiveness and I accept salvation today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Clap your hands, Lighthouse, for everyone that made that decision. And would you come? Would you come? Come on, let's, anybody that wants to pray, I'd love to pray for you right now. Come on, let's come on up. I'd love to pray with you. Bring that prayer request up for that family member. Bring that prayer request up for that person you're praying for. Come on, any area of your life where you need God to work. I'm inviting you up, and we would just love to pray with you. We love to meet you here. Come on, God is working here today. This is an amazing opportunity for God to meet you here. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. And for those of you out there, just worship with us for a few more minutes together. Come on, let's call out to him. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.